Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. A lot can happen in the next 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly 3 years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Greetings my favorites. This is a fascinating and funny episode. Luckily for all of us, I had the pleasure of hoovering with a funny man called Ed Patrick. He's an anesthetist no less. So we get deep into the details of that with regards to eating and beyond and he's an author now too. He has a new book out called Catch Your Breath all about his madcap clever clogs job which is joyful um more on that later anyway to the eating staff oh actually first to the admin staff thanks for listening to hoovering and mega thanks for your my patron you know you're the food and that both fuels and brings all the joy to this podcast you listeners and contributors i salute you um i need to make sure that you're coming to see my new show wench it's coming to the edinburgh fringe and then it's going to be on tour from september till december and hopefully coming somewhere near your house Uh, tickets to that are as ever in the podcast notes along with links to everything interesting that Ed and I mention in this episode they are always available on my website jessicafosterq.com one way you can help this uh, podcast is by following it on the social media at the hoovering pod but also you can give it a five star review if you want and subscribe or if you want you can like take someone If they're up for it, maybe hold their hand and while you're holding their hand, say, "Have you heard about this podcast called Hoovering?" Um all of those things I'm grateful for. If you've got actual money, you can become a patron if you want. Go to patreoncom pod. I've got a really exciting discount coming up 
for stand-up things just for my patrons and it will be for a very limited time soon also there are guest recipes including really classy cookery videos for me this month i think i'm going to attempt to make a savory porridge as recommended to me by andy oliver face to face no less you can watch me fuck that up not just hear it you can watch it and you never know like i might i might i might not um, millions of other things on there for patrons in loads of exclusive content and opportunities to make me eat crazy shit all that sort of stuff just for uh, from as little as two quid a month and it all goes towards funding um, the podcast's guests and production right enough of that boring shit let's hoover with a man whose job it is to knock us out Ed and me met over the Zoom as he's in Oxford and I'm not. We had lunch and I explained more about that right at the start. Be warned, he mentions the calorie content of a pudding at one point. So if you need to dodge that chat, please don't venture any further today. Um, if you don't mind that content, as long as the host says something celebratory about the calories and moves that shit on nice and fast, please enjoy this episode. We've got quite a fun brief, I think, for this one, if I don't yes. say myself, um, <laughs> which was roughly to use an ingredient that you wouldn't normally choose or that you wouldn't normally love and try and make something that will bring you joy out of it so talk yes to me. talk to me about what you so need there's it. two things so yeah. that happened so number one is that something happened that brought me joy so essentially <gasps> i went to yesterday i went to a artisan baker Oh, uh, to get to get a sausage roll for lunch, like not any sausage roll, like a three pound fifty sausage roll. Yeah, and I ordered it, and then without um, even saying anything, the guy, uh, the manager, I presume, just came and said, "If you let me pet your dog, I'll let you have a sourdough loaf as well." And the sourdough loaf was four pounds, so it was what? more than the sausage roll. Oh so my be god! Before he changed his mind or did the maths, I was like, "Yeah, absolutely, yeah, sure." <laughs> so I just completely. <laughs> rented out uh nelly for that yeah so i've got a sourdough as that so that's something i wouldn't have been normally been excited about but i've got that and then yeah. i thought well another ingredient and i've been opening the cupboard for the last couple of months and there's a tin of chickpeas oh, that's God. just every single time i open the cupboard it just goes come on man like just open me up come on look yeah i ran out in october look time's <laughs> almost up and i, I don't even i don't mind chickpeas but i always eat them and find a little there's a little bit of disappointment and yeah. you know it, they're kind of more sort of flatulent food than anything else I find. yeah it's true so, yeah there is i know exactly what you mean with the old chickpea woes yeah. yeah so i i have taken a photo for you but uh, as well but oh, i can yes. just show you now so you can see too yes, please. so what i've done is like i've gone sort of like a hipstery sort Ooh. of uh, oh so okay egg. Mm. Poached egg on top uh, with uh, chickpeas, which I've mixed in a uh, sort of little bit of garlic, truffle oh, oil lovely. and wow. some chilli. And then I thought I need to put something else on because otherwise it's going to be quite brown. And so Ooh, I decided... Yeah. Uh, I've decided to call it shards of avocado. Shards of avocado. Avocados. Avocados, yeah. Lovely. Really nice. Well, there we go. Just for a little splash of green in the middle. Well, Absolutely. I feel quite confident that yours is going to be delicious, especially with all that chat of garlic and truffle oil. Well, I hope so, Fit. yeah. yeah. I, I, I did eat half of it earlier as well because I was just... Yeah, was I was going to say go, go, gadget, <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Oh, good to know. Well, I'll show you... My, well, I have... Um, I think sweet potatoes are overrated. Mm. Um, but I've got... It's because I've got such a salt tooth that I just don't... I'd rather just have a potato. I understand that there's... 
excellent nutrition in sweet potatoes and stuff, but the sweetness of them pisses me off and the sort of everywhereness of them. The proliferation of them as an excuse for a chip, that kind of thing, frustrates me. So I don't buy them, which is cruel because my partner and child love them. <laughs> um, but they came in my veg box. Right, okay. So, so yeah. They're also that the premium option as well, and they don't taste as premium when you're, you know, when you can have sweet potato yeah. fries. They're never quite matching the fry experience, no. I find. Yeah, there's a reason you don't find them in the fish and chip shops. Um, well, because I think they need to be offset by so much salt and heat for me to want them. Um, so I think and potentially I've done that. Um, I've made like a savoury muffin with them. Oh, oh my goodness. My That's incredible. Um, and they've got like, um, it's got seeds and parmesan and feta and chilli uh, and spring onion. Hey, I tell you what, you could sell that for four pounds in an artisan bakery. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then I've got loads of, we're going away in a few days and um, I've got loads of um, cabbage and carrots. So I've just made like a miniature, a miniature coleslaw. But oh my goodness. I mean, it, it turned out to actually be a mountain for one woman. Oh. Um, so I'm into it. Let's see how we go. The other good thing about these savoury muffins is they freeze really well and they're great to just shove at a child. I was yeah, going to say that it looks dinner. quite picturesque as well. Mm. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Mm. Um, One question I had for you, yeah. actually, was have you ever had uh, a guest or anyone that suffers from misophonia? Is that the fear of see- sounds of eating? Yeah. I didn't know that was a proper name for oh. it. So, uh, like, just say I've got a friend mm. and he's one of uh, my best mates and he listens to a lot of stuff, but I guarantee yeah. you... You wouldn't Can't be able listen. to listen to just to, just well for this little bit because um, we go on holiday and um, he'll go from being my best friend in the world to sudden it's almost like the Incredible Hulk change and we'll be I'll be eating he'll just be like eyes gl- glaring at me and he it's an anger he just can't control. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know lots of people who hate the way their parents eat or some people yes. who don't like the way their partner eats or siblings. It feels like siblings and parents. I know mm. loads of people who are like. Ugh. I've got one friend who's con- who's convinced that her dad can um, can crunch mash. What? Yeah, like, I think he just does such massive mouth gymnastics when he's eating that he somehow manages to let you hear mash even as he's eating that's just, that. That just makes me think he's compressing it so hard, like he's yeah. forming diamonds of mash in his mouth, which yeah. then need to be broken up shocking yeah and mind um I, I have had people message me saying i've got this phobia of the sound of eating but i'd love to listen to the podcast this that the other and i was like well i don't i don't know what to say to be honest um the trick i found in when i'm recording in real life is that i've got microphones that are good but not good enough so they don't sound like studio quality podcasts this podcast never yep. does um but it also means you don't pick up every sort of like lip smack or whatever. So it's been a weird thing actually, where I think over the years of editing, I've either stopped hearing it or I um I don't think it's as loud as you think it's going to be. No, I don't think I mean? it's. And most people do it with their mouth closed, obviously. So I mm. think that's kind of that's where you get away with it. I think, and you yeah. hear little bits. But yeah, um, my uh, my friend, he like. He could just bear it if he was eating as well, because I guess there's a guiltness there that he's also yeah. eating. Well, also, but, maybe you'll drown it out with your own chomping noise. Yeah, but he would sometimes just remove himself from the situation if I was having a snack. 
he would say, I've got to leave now. It was like, it was, but it was so, it was so intense for someone who's so lovely. It's like one of the most lovely, like people could ever meet, but then just suddenly just to switch, not that he's horrible, but he's just suddenly like, I cannot, cannot bear this. And and it's just can't explain it. It's incredible. I love it that he turns to rage. It's really fascinating. (laughs) Uh, I mean, because also, I mean, people have to do it, but I suppose in his ideal world, everyone would just squirrel themselves away and private eat alone in a soundproof booth. Mm. That would be his absolute best, wouldn't it? Um, has your has your lunch brought you joy, even though it's got ingredients in it? It has normally. Um, it has actually. I think I don't know about you, but when you get a bargain like a sourdough, yeah, for, a free like your dog. Yeah. I think and anything is free. It's like already you've got twenty five percent more delicious. I was, just, I was just thinking, you know, that's that's what four pounds a loaf. You know, how many times do I need to go there before you know Nelly starts making her money back? You know, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Also, I love it that um, Nelly was joining you for this podcast until you told that story, and now she's yeah, just see, she's, off. She's now, she's now on the floor. So you did disappointed. What? <laughs> she loves it. She loved it. She was she was lapping it up. She lapped every single moment out. She knew she would get some of that sourdough at some point. So actually, yeah, no, it does quite work so well. The other thing is, um, and the chickpeas actually work quite well as well. I did. The, um, the surprising thing I always find that uh, poached eggs for me because that's what I went for. It's always a risk. Yeah. In the amateur setup is the whole poached egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a variety of ways that you can turn, turn out. And they either turn yeah. out absolutely hard boiled in a poached egg format. Yeah. Or they just start disassociating from every bit of themselves. So you've got like, you've got like the yolk on one side yeah. and everything else on the other. Yeah, you're right. It all has a massive breakup right in front yeah. of your eyes. Yeah. Or you get it perfect and you yeah. can never explain why that's happened. Yeah. Or you think you've got it perfect and what you've actually got is a whole bunch of water that's actually on the egg and when you pierce it, it just goes all over the bread. Yes, it's so true. <laughs> Talk me through your egg poaching method, please. Well, so I, I know it's a very controversial topic and lots mm-hmm. of people have different ways of doing it. but It's a ritual, isn't it? Yeah, so for me... you passionate about. Yeah, you've got, to have, uh, you've got to have water simmering, not exactly boiling. Yeah. And then there's a theory of stirring the water so it's kind of it's sort of circulating and therefore the egg will just be you know whipped right. up into that and keep in form. And then I do believe in the uh, vinegar as well. I know some people do don't, you? but I think it affects right. the pH um, and therefore it affects how the egg reacts in the, the water. Someone in my mind, um, if anyone's going to understand the chemistry of it, it's going to be you. And it's going yeah, to be well, an I was say, we did have we did have a chat amongst colleagues actually about egg. Approaching, yeah. and someone talked to me and mentioned that it was that there is uh, a point to the vinegar in terms of that. Mm. But I kind of listened, and then it, you know, one of those sort of sentences that goes on for more than four words, and then you have to switch <laughs> off and just like You're nod done. along. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, mm. Mine is starts the same as yours, and then goes incredibly divergent. It starts with boiling water and then taking it down to a gentle simmer. And then I've got this really impractical thing where I have to like balance a ladle in my mouth and then crack the egg into a ladle and then slip the egg from the ladle into the water. And then it, if it works, takes on the shape of the base of the ladle. Mm. And then it's like, and then it's about being brave and and scooping it out with a slotted spoon early enough that it hasn't gone solid as a rock. But the other thing that blows my mind with them and the chemistry I don't understand is why the water seems to get so much colder, I suppose, less less hot with the addition of every egg. 
So I find I have to turn the gas up a tiny notch before adding each next egg. Otherwise, they if they hit the water and it's not quite hot enough, they do exactly what you said and just become a sort of strange yolk yeah. with a ghost, a ghost-like mist around it. That there's no way of ever reconvening. Oh no! Make what's, a cake. what's this done? Once it's yeah. done, that kind of yeah, that dementor shift or whatever. It is, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's finished. <laughs> yeah, it's grim, and it just sort of tastes of the smell of an egg, and you don't get any of the joy of an egg. <laughs> no. Yeah, really shocking. Um, I think I've done quite well as well here. Like uh, the coleslaw's really nice. The um, so it's still a, this, these muffins are still a bit sweet for me to love them. But I know that my partner and kid will love them, and I know that if I'd added another chili, I think I'd love them. Um, so I can just sort of feel quite smug and altruistic about not loving them, but they have still brought me joy. Does the fact that they are shaped like a muffin, which is Traditionally, a sweeter thing. Does yeah. that help psychologically? Do you think? Or maybe, yeah. Also, I mean, I'm not sure whether the last thing I baked in my muffin tray was maybe a sweet thing, and perhaps a bit of that's rubbed off. I'm not the most thorough washer upper. Maybe that. Maybe there's like some actual maple syrup on them or something. I don't know. They just or oh, sweet potatoes are just so sweet, aren't they? There's some. I put some seeds on the top. They're bloody lovely. I love how crunchy and caramelly the top has gone. I think mm. they're great. I think they're great. And um, I don't know. They've, they've got Michelin star quality from from my view, I can see. Do you think? I can, yeah. I can definitely see that being served up in, uh, you know, sort of cut in half, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, one of those starters you didn't order, you just suddenly turns up oh, at your table. yes. One of those ones. Like the amuse-bouche. Yes. Yes, I love it. God, it's been a while since I went anywhere fancy enough to get a surprise miniature course. I, mm. I want to, yeah, that needs doing again. Some, have you ever been for anybody? What's the swankiest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, well, like so I started getting into, really getting into eating um, I've, several years ago. Yeah. I was at university and a friend of mine, uh, we were watched the uh, the trip with Steve Coogan oh, brilliant. and Rob Brydon. Yeah. And I think it was the first series. They went to a place called Long Clume. Ooh. In the Lake District, a place called Cartmel. Oh wow! Um, I forget the first series was in the UK. Yeah, and so we basically loved that, and so we kind of had yeah. our own little trip where we go away, and um, I'll never forget it because it was one of the greatest. It was it was one of those moments I'll never forget, and he'll never forget as well. So we like a bit of golf, so we mm. were basically playing a bit of golf, and then it started to rain, and when we went to the uh, the hotel there. We, oh, sorry, because the restaurant has a hotel. Right. Um, the only deal we could get was the romantic package, um, and we weren't together like <laughs> at all. We were very platonic friends. Yeah. But because the way it was booked, it was booked under Mr. and Mrs. Lee. So I was Mrs. Right. Lee basically. So, so we got there, and then what happened was they put a bottle of champagne complimentary into our room, and yeah. we basically took off all our wet clothes, sat on boxer shorts in our box shorts on separate beds, <laughs> and then just drank champagne watching. The British Open golf on TV. And Amazing. he turned to me and he said, you know, if I fancied you, I would definitely marry you right now. Oh, <laughs> I love it. And he's, he's now married and got two kids, but I still yeah. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be each other's fallback. That does sound like the most romantic meal. I love oh. it. It was it was it was amazing. Well, that wasn't the meal. That was just the champagne. But then we went yeah. for the meal and the meal was just out of this world. Like, yeah. you know, and it's amazing how they it's such an experience. It's so much more than food. The way they, yeah. you don't even think about, have I got enough? Do I need to order sides or anything like that? You know, there's 10 no. courses or whatever, you know, you yeah. just like, 
it's almost like the spa version of food, you know, where you just basically just lie back and let it happen. And yeah, just, totally. Um, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah. I for, you forget how relaxing that is, actually. That's like one of the best things about, yeah, you put yourself entirely in their hands, don't you? Yeah. Um, God, it's the opposite of the way that like fast food has gone, isn't it? Where fast food is all like, if you don't want lettuce, you just tell us. If you want double cheese, just tell us. What you want, we'll do. Whereas, the posher the restaurant you go to, the more they're like, how fucking dare you ask for salt? <laughs> but, all, but, all, but also some of them as well. I remember an occasion like an ex-girlfriend like took me for a birthday lunch at a very like, you know, posh mm. Michelin star place. I think it was the wow. first time I've been to anything like that. Now someone, she's normally very like, on, she is very on board uh, with sort of, being clear about what menus are which sort of thing. And she'd been told that a certain menu was on that day, but it wasn't on that day. Oh. It, was a, it was either quite an expensive, because we were Danish students at the time, quite an expensive yeah. version of a normal menu, um, which was definitely out of budget or a la carte. Right. So it, basically what happened was we turned up and then she ended up in tears because mm. she was adamant that the wrong menu was there anyway. So what happened was we, we said, I said, it's okay. We'll just have a main course. Each. She'll be absolutely fine. You know? Yeah. Anyway, so the restaurant got wind of this. And then what happened was they brought out complimentary muse boost, complimentary starters and stuff like that. So whereas everyone else was on the sort of set menu, we looked like that table out of the Blues Brothers. Have you ever seen that? Where basically (laughs) loads of people were just bringing dishes to us. And we were sort of, oh my goodness, these people are eating a la carte. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you ended up looking like the poshest people there. Exactly. And you played a blinder there. Well, exactly. And I think it's, they're obviously seeing into the future. I mean, we were like young, you know, we weren't really sort yeah. of you know, going to be turned up every week but they obviously think you know these people might come back in the future and so. I love it and in these days they're probably thinking these people are young so they're definitely going to leave lots of internet reviews mm. and Instagram about this experience here so we better make sure they have a great time but hopefully I've paid it forward and now if you are good for it you can go back and pay full whack oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah how fun Yeah, but what would you sound like if you said it now in a big boy voice? Yeah, pretty cool. Question I love asking, I know you do comedy things, but um, uh, I'm really interested in your other job. Um, mm. And I ask everyone who comes on this podcast how, how what you do for work affects how you eat. Um, but I mean... I've got loads of questions about that around yeah. being an anaesthetist. I want to know how being an anaesthetist affects how you eat. And I guess that was different throughout the pandemic, as you've detailed so brilliantly in your new book. But also I've got questions about people having anaesthetics and eating. Because are you still... I want to know, and there's probably really obvious reasons about puking, but I want to know why why you can't eat before an anaesthetic if you still can't. And what do you do about people who are having one in an emergency then? Who might uh, have just had a taster menu? <laughs> oh, who might just had a taster menu? Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> you're absolutely right. It's the key, one of the key things. Yeah. In anaesthetics is eating, and when people have it or haven't eaten. So, mm. so basically, most people are, are only meet an anaesthetist, and then when they're about to have an operation, and then they suddenly disappear, and you don't hear about them again. And they're yeah, you know, 
and there's a lot more to it, which is what stimulated the book because I thought it's just so fascinating. When I first yeah. started it, because obviously in the UK you do medical school, you do general jobs, and then you start a specialty. When I started anaesthetics, it was like I started medical school again. Right, like, God, everything the chemistry was completely so complicated. Oh, well, not just that, just what you do. I mean, like, right. you know, not everyone's job is to make their patients unconscious and paralyze them. You know, that's <laughs> that's generally frowned upon in most mm. parts of medical practice. But anaesthetics, that's yeah. you know, that's that's bore apart for the course. So yeah, so everything sort of changed um, when I when I started there. But um, yeah, so with with the eating, um, the problem is that when you um, give someone an anaesthetic, you take away their reflexes. So right, right now, like, you know, you've just eaten something, you know, if something tried to come up, there's automatic reflexes. You might have yeah. a, you know, you might have a burp or whatever sort of thing like that. And you might, you yeah. you'll keep it down. But when you give someone an anaesthetic, you take away that reflex, which is protective, especially if they're paralyzed right. as well. And when I say paralyzed, I mean, um, we use like medicines that have derived from poison arrows. You know what I mean? That kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally that, paralyzed. Yeah. It's, um, it's fascinating stuff. And, yeah. you know, when you do something every day and it becomes your job, you just think, well, this is just, you know, normal. So that's why I started writing me down because I was like, this this stuff is nuts. You know, the fact that I'm giving Curare-based medicines to people to paralyze them so they can have surgery. So anyway, so back to the food thing. You um, Once you do that, you do are at risk of things coming up. Mm-hmm. And if things coming up is one thing, but if they then go into the lungs, because that's the next tube down, that's okay. where you get into real problems because... Um, acid or food that makes it up into the lungs suddenly you'll have an aspiration pneumonia and it can be really difficult to survive that sort of thing so that's why you have to be staffed for that but you're absolutely right what if someone comes in an emergency and they've just had you know 10 like hot dogs yeah Yeah. something like that what do you do (laughs) well you've got to stop those big mats coming up so we do what something is called an rsi so normally which stands for rapid sequence induction so i'll give you two scenarios one you come into hospital for your surgery you uh have planned it you've not eaten you come in we give you a nice slow anesthetic we make sure everything's okay everything's planned and Mm -hmm. gone quickly but as i mentioned you take away that reflex but it's okay because you're starved so it shouldn't be an issue but if you're not we've got to move quickly so we do this rapid sequence induction where you give the anesthetic and then you give the paralyzing agent immediately after each other um in in doses big enough to have an effect within about a minute or so right whilst that's happening you have a nurse one of the uh, uh, odp nurses um will hold do what's called cricoid pressure which is where they press down on your neck here and what they're doing is, and it's, if you, you can do it, you can just sort of press down up there and you'll feel it feels a bit funny when it pushed back. And that's in order because your esophagus, which is your food pipe, sits yeah. um, behind. So you're pressing down to close the food pipe as you go off to sleep. So you'll suddenly disappear. Uh. Yeah, exactly. It feels strange, but oh. it's only, only for a second, a couple yeah. of seconds, because then you disappear off to sleep. But that's still pressure is still held, held on whilst, right. whilst we then... Um, uh, I love it. It's just done manually as well. It's just a nurse pinching you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pinching food just, pipe in. I mean, there's lots of debate whether to whether the critical pressure actually does anything, and some right. people think it does or doesn't. But I mean, you're not not going to do it, basically. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Uh, so you so you you press down on that, and then as the anaesthetist, you'll then look to get the breathing tube in the right place. Now, once the breathing tube is in the right place, yeah. you can take that pressure off, and then if something comes up, it's less of an issue because you've got the airway protected. Then, yeah, because so, the tube's well, in it. Yeah, tube's in. It's blocking the airways. It's, it's there's a cuff up around it. 
it. Oh my God, um, so and then you can also like, you know, if it's someone who's got like bowel obstruction, you can obviously put like a, a drain down sort of things. So that's, you know, goes into the nose and then that kind of lets things come out that way. So yeah, yeah. but you're absolutely right. The main issue is stuff coming back up Christ. and then going down. So um, I've got so many, qu- and I want to know as well, like about like, because essentially the medicine that you are having is, I mean, it goes in your body like food goes in your body or drink goes in your body and has an impact on your gut and your intestine and all of those things. And are there, are there, because aren't there foods that you can eat that inhibit your absorption of some drugs? Like, like really intense citrus and poppy seeds and things like that that get, or is it mainly citrus? I thought maybe grapefruit or something. Yeah, I think some of the some of the drugs can have that effect, and they're mainly yeah. oral drugs. Right. Obviously, a lot of the drugs we give are in, mm. directly into the vein, so you yeah. bypass that first pass. Fine. Um, so you you can, but I mean, for instance, one of the things is uh, you know things like having paracetamol overdose. They uh, recommend uh, activated charcoal within a certain amount of time in hospital in order to absorb and prevent so much getting into the system. So, right. so it can be so it can be used beneficially as well. Used, there was a brief phase where you could get a little shot of that in press yes. and it was like, yes. oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake. I mean, is that just for the one in how many people in here who've just overdosed? Well, like, I don't, come it's, on. it's not the same stuff. It's yeah. that, that's definitely is just okay. kind of your wellness, you know. Yeah, activated charcoal. Yeah. yeah, lovely. But yeah. Yeah, so most most of the drugs we we give are di- directly into the okay. vein, so they'll just have this, and you'll see the effect immediately. And it's it, like I said, when you start off, yeah, like you do it, and then you think people are faking because they just they go off so quickly, and you're wow. like, probably not. So they'll be awake talking to you, and then just gone, and you're like, are you still with us? No, oh, no, not that's it. Genuinely <laughs> nodded yeah. off. Amazing! It's such a well, it must be so frightening to start with, and you do talk about it also brilliantly in the yeah. book, but um. Yeah, so, and I guess in terms of your eating, you just have to work such wild long shifts and stuff that um, perhaps you don't get to plan as much as you'd want. I'm just guessing. How does it affect how you... Yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It becomes fuel in hospital, especially yeah, if it's yeah, like yeah. busy and yeah. you just shove stuff in. And I have to say, things have been slightly different for me recently because I got engaged mm-hmm. and we Congratulations. are thank you very much um, and we have that has stimulated a little bit of um, sort of fitness uh, training right, right. and eating training as well so mm. we've kind of sort of changed our diet but it was more appreciating what was in foods that we would just eat for without thinking about it like yeah, you know those yeah. little chocolate puddings you can get like uh, in you, they normally get packs of two in all the sorts of supermarkets ones. yeah no no yeah, not the yeah. goo ones no the um, sort of like ones you can heat up in the microwave and they're sort of sticky toffee or sticky oh or right yeah, yeah 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 and, that, and like I never used to look at stuff like that and it was like yeah. five or six hundred calories for one of them and it would never fill me up and I'd be like wow that's like a yeah. sandwich worth of stuff mm. so we just started changing stuff around uh, like that um, so uh, that's to realising you needed two of those and not one of those if you want Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'll tell you one of the things that definitely impacted me as a child, which has does affect me now, and I need I actively need to tell myself to stop doing it, is that I eat really fast. Yeah. And I think that's come from when we were younger, my mum, if you if we used to have um a meal that had any leftovers, or if there was like for instance, if there was like a you know, occasional Sunday where we'd have a, a meat on a bone sort of thing. Yeah. Whoever finished first could have seconds first or gets the bone. I think oh, the bone God. was the prize. And it was between me and my brother. And so I, I, I was always playing catch up because he's older than me. Yeah. So I'd always like, like, wolf it down, wolf it down, wolf, wolf it down. And um, so I think that trained me because I then, like, there was a jelly eating competition at school <laughs> and you couldn't use your hands. You just had to use your mouth. Oh, and my I, like, God. Like, when we talk about hoovering, I absolutely hoovered up that competition there was no Get but the, but the problem is now i'll go to, with you know if i go to a michelin star place it's, <laughs> it's like <laughs> whoop, it's gone it's like whoa 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 just just slow down head, 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 head. <laughs> easy Every, do you, you do know you're not alone yeah yeah i have moments like that if i'm really hungry i will i can't like and actually again like the older i've got the less prideful i've got i'll just be like rah, 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 rah. just need to get it get, really need to eat something now but yeah i've got better at slowing down but i haven't got any excuse i'm an only child <laughs> um <laughs> just over sometimes you have a level of hunger that demands you eat like that I, mm. I and i and i don't fully trust anyone who can resist doing it who can even in even if you, oh, you're fresh out of the gym or like whatever for whatever reason you're f- fucking hungry i don't trust i think there's like an element of psycho oh yeah psycho psychopathy psychopathy yeah. about someone who could just nibble slowly <laughs> savoring every I, I, bite i completely agree because that whole being hangry you know that whole way yeah, your yeah, yeah. psychology and your mind changes when you are mm. hungry um to like be able to control that yeah <laughs> When it's presented with you. No, not something. I'm sure there's an extent to which it can be learnt, but I wouldn't, I don't think I'd enjoy the learning mm. process if I'm honest. Talk to me, well, you, you touched on it there. So talk to me about eating growing up. Um, yeah, I, well, I, I'm the youngest of three. Okay. And so, like I said, I was always playing catch up with my brother when, when it came to the speed eating competitions right. that I didn't know <laughs> I was, I was uh, partaking in. 
Um, so I used to just I used to just eat everything and everything. And there's a few yeah. things I've taken from. So you weren't there, which, fussy. Well, no, I wasn't fussy, but there are certain things which I've carried into adulthood which I don't like to eat. Which you know, oh, really? So, so one of the things that I really hate is Brussels sprouts. Okay, like absolutely, they make me wretch. But I was oh, forced God. to eat them. Oh no! Um, and still, if I end up on like one of my family's um, places for Christmas, I'll get a couple stuck on them. Like, Bleh. so yeah, oh, I, I really can't stand uh, that. But. I can understand uh, that. Generally, yeah, not not fussy at all, which is really nice in the sense that I'm quite happy to experiment and try right. things as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it, I've been lucky in terms of that. And like I said, it's just formed, food has just been, if you can have nice food, yeah, um, it's almost like a, a holiday in itself, I find, those experiences yeah. you can have. You can certainly turn something that needs to be done into a really celebratory event. Yes. Or a mood transforming event or, yeah, like a positive thing to hold on to yeah. that's coming soon. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things was we, um, uh, myself and my fiance and Nelly. Look at as you well. just getting used to and saying Nelly. that. Oh I gosh, love it when so, that word is so oh, weird, so, isn't it? It is so weird. It's I like, love it. It's so, it's so pretentious as well. It's that's like, gorgeous. Uh, no. Me and my partner, sorry, it's sorry, my fiance. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. It's Beyonce with, that, with, with an F. That's the thing. It's going, Beyonce. Mm. Um, so when we, uh, at Christmas, we were both working Christmas Day evening. And yeah. so we didn't want to have to cook and then clear up and everything. So we went then for a meal out for Christmas Day. So we had Christmas Lovely. Day. I've never done it before. And we went to a place that we could take Nelly, our dog as well. Yeah. And they made a little um, thing for like, you know, gave her a little treat as well. So it was really nice sort of using that as a celebration because Christmas is a celebration, but when you're working on it, it's all a bit, you know, also, having said that, um, Nelly gets her own Sunday lunches. Like, I'm not even like, I'm not even. Wow. Joking. Let me just show you. I thought maybe you might. Um, this is amazing. I want so, so, to send me this picture. Well, yeah. You know, when you're in a relationship, and then you just kind of, you accept that some things are, you know, this is the way things are done. So you're yeah. not allowed to start eating until everyone's had the family photo. Oh, of- wow. <laughs> oh, Nelly. So she gets oh, her own God. little plate. Nelly's got a place at the table, dear listener. A little place at the table. With her own little plate of roast dinner. That's amazing. And is she is she having what you're having? Or has she got a dog food oh, yeah. version of what Oh, no, no, no. She's having no, she's exactly having what, what you're having. having. That's amazing. That's off a human plate. Off a, off a human plate. Jesus Christ, Nelly. I hope you know I how know. good you've got it. See, how, amazing how she uses the knife and fork as well. It's, uh... <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm pretty gullible. Was it all true yeah. until that bit? Oh, no, yeah, it's all true yeah. until that bit. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> at that point, at that point, she just goes full dog mode and then amazing. just walks it up. So, oh, God. I in love Venice, it. Nelly's the only one that eats quicker than me. I, I was going to say, at least you've got someone in the family who's making your um, the pace of your eating look civilized. I'm into that. Um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? And Nelly was originally your fiance's pet and now is both of your pets, right? Exactly. I got yeah. a certificate of poor adoption, which I don't know what legal standing <laughs> that holds, but it's certainly, you know, made up the numbers for Christmas presents. <laughs> I love oh, oh I um yeah, my partner's got two cats who are obviously now my cats. And um yeah, I I similarly had some um adapting to do to how kind of treated like humans they were going to be or uh, but they don't they well I say they don't join us on the table they're fucking allowed on the table Ed and I'm not sure how I feel about that and you're not like if if they're on a chair at the table you're allowed to I'm allowed to gently nudge tip the chair so that they'll sort of hop off but if they're on the table 
the most I'm allowed to do is a sort of hand, like a gentle hand on the chest. And they, but they, they just sort of put, they, they have a way. It's almost like a strongman move of, especially the boy one will just sort of manage to press his density further into the table. So, and his claws go in. So he'll just sort of slide, slide very, very slowly. And then just as soon as your hand's off, because I'm not allowed to sort of just pick him up, he'll just sort of shuffle closer so that his nose is inches from your food at all times. We've, if he's in the room, he's close to you. Yeah. They, we've got two cats. Oh, I say we, that they yeah. also came with said fiance. Um, so we've got basically a miniature zoo and they... Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I, I had a cat when I was younger, but I'm definitely more dog person yeah. now. And um, like you said, they have particular ways of being treated too. And also they get into places without you realising. Like yeah. there was um, a point where Joe like, just left some drawers open and so yeah. I shut the drawers and then... About five hours later, I got a message saying, "Why did you put one of the shut the cat one of the cats in the drawer?" Yeah. And I thought it, I thought it was one of her jumpers. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> oh God. Well, if it makes you feel better, I accidentally shut the door of one of the cats outside and they're not really outdoor cats. One of them's allowed out, but they would never like stay out if you weren't in. We haven't got cat flaps. And um, yeah, I went out and about three hours later, my girlfriend came home and was like, Conrad, <laughs> Conrad the cat was cry- crying in the bike shed. And I felt, oh. very, I felt really bad. I might even have to cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> or I might leave it. I might leave it in. Talking of Christmas Day... We had, in in one of the Christmases between the lockdowns, where we suddenly, the one where Christmas was cancelled at quite at the last minute, um, we had Christmas at home, just us, obviously, and my ex, my son's dad, who's in our bubble, obviously, um, and that, um, I cooked a, a roast chicken, I think it was, and... Um, Conrad the cat we were all having a lovely time after lunch playing games and we heard this thunk and he had managed in the kitchen to get it out of a Tupperware that I'd put it in with four elastic bands around the Tupperware and he'd managed to he basically headbutted it off the kitchen side until the Tupperware smashed on the floor and he probably only had like one lick of it but that was the whole thing done for so in a way me accidentally locking him out so that he had to cower in a bike shed for three hours terrified is probably reasonable comeuppance for that do you reckon what sort of payment for yeah <laughs> for, that? For, for, for undoing probably a week's worth of probably. leftovers i've got um on uh, my very sort of uh, not that active at the moment but getting more active instagram mm. um i've got a put a video on there of one of our cats bringing in so stormy i've got peanuts yeah. and stormy bringing Such in a um uh, a bird so magpie it's a dead magpie and he was just sat there with it. And I was like, what are you doing? Oh. So so I then grabbed him to take the, well, I was about to grab him, sorry, to take him outside. And then he let go and the bird was very much alive. <gasps> and then basically flies across the room, <gasps> then flies in it. And now I'm stuck with a magpie. Oh God, you've got a pet <laughs> magpie as well in yeah, the I know, zoo. I know, after it all, yeah. But then I had yeah. to stop him from from chasing it down. But oh God. the good news is the magpie did make it away and it is still alive today, so... Okay, it's well, still alive and and is an outdoor pet. Has become mm-hmm. an outdoor pet who doesn't need a place at the Sunday lunch table. I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions. Yes, go ahead. Five second rule: yes or no? Yes. 
Love to hear that from a medic. Absolutely love to hear that from a medic. Um, have you ever used food um, as anything other than food, for example, as a weapon or as part of a prank? Oh, I thought you were going to say as uh, sexual sort of. Yes, that's always people's well. first assumption. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're recording at lunchtime. We could do a drunken evening hoovering a different time. Um, I have, I've never used stuff. any food items uh, okay. sexually. Um, okay. But um, what were the other options? <laughs> as a weapon or as part of a prank? As a weapon. As a weapon. Never say never. I feel like I've used it as a prank before, but I can't figure out which. Okay. Which prank it is, but uh, I don't think I've used it I as a weapon. I love it or- that you've done <clears throat> competitive eating as jelly speed eating and then yeah. you smashed it. That's your first guest in ages who's done any competitive eating and I love oh, to yeah. hear it. What was your trick? Just a real, su- was it a suction action? <laughs> yeah, well, you're absolutely right. You're right yes. Try to, try to get that diameter on the mouth open. No, no, you, you, want, you oh. want to keep it open. Yeah, and then you kind of want to breathe in, but also you've got to be careful not to sort of choke on the jelly when it comes yeah. in. So you've got to kind of have a little bit, you've got to get close enough that you're hoovering up essentially right. that's exactly what it is you're hoovering it up rather than yeah so mouth in it. nose out yeah exactly like, oh my god I actually I don't know if I could allow anyone to watch but I would like a go at it <laughs> um, hangover what are you having oh my god when like, you're not on your pre-wedding so, health kick yeah well probably post-wedding health yeah. kick this will be but I'm a big believer in the rehydration sachets Oh, nice. Here we go. That have done it. So um, you can make your own. There's a WHO, World Health Organization, um, ingredient list for, you know, anywhere in the world. This is so, great. Yeah. What, so you got. So what goes in it? Some bacon? Oh, it's, it's like. <laughs> it's like just whatever's in like uh, one of those rehydration. So you've got a little yeah. bit of sugar, some salts, and stuff like that. Basically, you yeah. mix it all up. Um, but yeah, I generally get one of those sachets. Right. Like a Dior light or something. Yeah, I was so hungover once in Edinburgh and there were some friends and they were, we were in the Holyrood Park and we were driving and I asked them just to drop me off because I felt so ill. Yeah. And I walked from, we were in Hollywood Park and I walked from there down to Cameron Toll where I got some rehydration sachets and it wasn't yeah. until I'd had that I felt vaguely normal. Yeah. So that's definitely the thing. Yeah, I would have. I'm, I'm a big fan of wheat beer. That's what I love to drink. Ooh, actually, wheat okay. beer, like Ho Garden and yeah, yeah, and lovely. Like They're sort of flat now, floral. Yeah, yeah, gorgeous. Now, if I drink only that and gin and tonic, um, and nothing else, yeah, um, then I generally survive hanging a hangover. But if I touch, right. if I if I drink other things, if I was to have like two pints of beer, I would definitely have a hangover the next day. God, like, isn't just, it funny? I find that stuff changes with me over time as well, though. Fizzy wine, champ- like anything from Prosecco Carver to Champagne, doesn't matter how posh it is. I just get, if I drink just that, I get a horrible hangover. If I have a glass yeah. of that and then move on to grown ups drinks, I don't always have a horrible hangover. Conversely, if I drink just gin and tonic, I feel absolutely fine the next day. But I also don't get that yeah. drunk. Isn't that strange, that the internal chemistry of that? Or is that a universal thing? Because some people are horrible on gin. Yeah, well, <laughs> or just the old really, mother's ruin catch You always get really upset, yeah. Well, I mean, I used yeah. to, I used to, you know, in Edinburgh, uh, the rickshaw drivers, the bicycles. That used to be my job. Oh, wow. To, yeah, I used to do that job, cycle people. And um, you could definitely tell the ones that had been having gin. Because right. it was sort of, yeah, there's, there's, there's a cliff, there's an emotional cliff with gin. And once, once you fall off that cliff, uh, tears and everything start uh, coming down. But what I found is, uh, I think it depends on what you've eaten before. Because yeah. I think sometimes yeah. if you've eaten a full meal, you can have as much as you want and you won't necessarily feel as drunk as you as you were because yeah. it's, you know, 
being stopped, but it's sucked up by the food, probably. Yeah, it's true. I wonder if there's, I mean, I'm just asking you on the assumption that you just know everything about all medicine, but I, I do, I do think some people have like, there's obviously that emotional fall point with gin, but there are other drinks like tequila and white wine where some people do get like and I've noticed with me sometimes white wine has to be really like it can be really mood changing it can make some people really aggressive what yeah that is I think I, th- I think different people different react chemistry. differently yeah and they avoid yeah. things I mean that's the whole thing with um like you said things like gin or that was that whole thing with Stella wasn't it where that yeah, had a very aggressive yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. you know what is it something particularly about that drink or is it just the fact that it's yeah. quite strong and cheaper than others or something like that i love it but, that you've just gone straight for the de- rehydration tablet oh yeah definitely totally. no messing about just just actually makes it that is it's so much more efficient than any of the types of thing and that's also essentially the oral version of putting an iv line and a drip yeah. in and having that that's essentially just drinking that that to yeah. me the science behind it yeah but it's so funny you t- talk about you know like i said with uh, drinking and drugs and things one of the things i find fascinating about anesthetics as well is the fact that you know in society we're always like drugs are bad mm-hmm. drugs are bad um yet you know drugs are my thing every day like you yeah. know so that's something you know what would we do without them? what exactly mm-hmm. yeah Context. you know you're told not to smoke you're told not to um drink before having you know if you're going to have, for instance, like a cesarean section to have a baby, obviously oh. you would be like, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do anything. Obviously it's absolutely right. But then at the same time, you, you know, you come in and we'll give you all sorts of drugs. You- yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're going to be really, really intense. You can't feel between- anything there. For- yeah, there yeah. is, isn't there? We've got a real, but don't you think that's, I mean, I'm going to be really philosophical now, but it's a theme in the show I'm writing at the moment. I think people are, we're still so obsessed. It, humans are so clever, but we're still so obsessed with those binary. We love things to either be good or bad, black or yeah. white. Like, yes. And it's actually like, well, it's just not how the world works. It's not how we work, sadly. Otherwise, all stats would be way more useful than they actually are. And we could all predict everything perfectly, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just, it's just not realistic. Yeah. Ed. In an effort to end the social, environmental and emotional horror story that is the rise of cruise holidays, a well-intentioned witch vanishes all boats and all music. But it's overkill, bless her, and it's carnage. Loads of sailors drown, bridges collapse under the added pressure, and without music, humans start regressing back to much more basic animal form, and within hours can only quack and bark and rut. It's awful. Luckily, the witch has promised to reverse time and not have done that, but only if you, and it does have to be you, Ed, sit on a swing attached to the bottom of a flying plane for 19 hours all with 900 ants literally in your pants it sounds impossible but you do it you're a hero you go down in history as the man who saved us all um, from a boat and music listed apocalypse but your reward in um, so your reward in reality is the adulation of all people for all time but your reward in the moment and bearing in mind that was a really long 19 hours that you were way too preoccupied during for snacks is the feast of your dreams um, so this is the opposite of the last meal in the sense that it's a fantasy situation. Any, any, Your answers don't need to be possible. Um, you're the happiest and the hungriest it's possible to be. So it's the opposite of a last meal. It's just a best meal. I would love to know in that scenario and bearing in mind I don't give a shit about consequences, ethics, anything. What would be your ideal thing to eat and to drink? And if you would like a who, with and where, you can have a who, with and where. Oh, my goodness. That sounds epic. 
also i was just got really excited when you said they they sank all the cruise ships because my um fiancés um uh, other side are desperate to take me on a cruise and i'm resisting with as much force as possible so i'm trying it's to it's really bad i have to some people love them they love them but no. i'm just sort of like no no i no. don't really don't want to do it if there's um, any bit of you that thinks i might not like it you will hate it yeah, yeah. i heard also that if people die they just bring helicopters to lift off the bodies on the uh, on the cruise lines that's what i've been told but then oh, uh, some... most of them have got a mortuary on board because of yeah. the general demographic of the uh, o- occupants i mean like yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so, or the last, uh, or the best meal I could possibly best have for saving best. the world. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know what? I'd love to be able to try and eat again without absolutely, um, feel like I'm dying as an oyster. Yeah. I oh, once, I, I used, I oh, had no, them, you know, the bar market. One. Yeah. The bar market used to have the oysters there. They were great. Mm. And then I went to, I was in, uh, in California and I had one there. And then about seven hours later, or no, oh, seven oh. Hours later, a few hours later, I started becoming really ill and I thought, um, I thought that someone had basically poisoned me and I was being oh, captured God. and stuff like that. And that, that wasn't the case. And then me and my friend who I told you we, I went away with for meals, one yeah. night we had oysters and a burger. Then about half an hour later, I was in the bathroom and I had a choice to make whether I was going to be sick in the oh, no. um, in the sink or whether I was going to stay on the toilet. And I oh, couldn't, no. like, it was a terrible moment. Um, oh, um, my friend said to each after much um, cacophony coming from the bathroom, asked if he if I was all right, and I just replied, "I think you're going to need a new toothbrush." Oh no! Oh no! Oh god! So I'd, love to, I'd love to have okay. an oyster without that happening. Yeah. So um, you need to yeah not have the <laughs> oyster intolerance that you've clearly got. Okay, you can have um, a, a safe oyster. A safe oyster. And or oh, drink wise, I have to. What oh, is good? I want to go for something that I wouldn't normally have because I would normally okay. have a wheat beer. But what wouldn't I tell you? What I haven't had in a long, long time is a wheat beer. Um, is an Einstock, which is an Ooh. Icelandic wheat beer made with Icelandic spring water, and they mm. used to used to be able to get it here. But it tastes so fresh; it feels like you're drinking sort of mountain beer, beer Lovely. that was made in the mountains. So I'd go for an Einstock Great. and an oyster. Heaven, I love that answer. And and do, are you going to consume these things by the mountains? I uh, as in by the mountain. Full, have you got or... like a? Have you got like a location? A dream location? Ah, I think. Am I going to consume mountains of them? Probably no. both. Actually, yeah. Well, both. I, will, um, I wouldn't mind doing that in. Well, I was going to say in Iceland, but I wouldn't mind doing that on the beach either. Actually. Yeah. Well, Maybe let's have let's invent an Icelandic beach. Yeah, an, Ice, an Icelandic beach that has sun. There's Icelandic yeah. beaches. You've obviously got things like the Black Beach, you know, the sure. Black Sanders Beach. Um, but maybe Iceland with um, tropical rays of sunshine um, that doesn't affect the ecosystem in a negative oh, no. way. No, um, no, no. Maybe near that ship that was it Justin Bieber or someone had a video <laughs> shot by, you know, okay. derelict ship, something like that. Lovely. Um, and uh, yeah, a, and a coffee van available oh, as well right. yeah. nearby for barista style coffee it's one of the things right. i've requested for my wedding that okay, i can have a coffee van coffee. so we can have proper coffee and that's yes. not been granted yet so oh. <laughs> well i wish you luck with that um Brilliant. great well thank you very much for doing my silly podcast oh no well, thank you so much for having me it's been wonderful mm. delicious <laughs> 
What a wild and hugely responsible job Ed has. I get nervous when I'm in charge of someone else's perfectly healthy child for 10 minutes. I cannot imagine wielding the mighty power that he does. Um, he writes very funnily about his experience, especially through the pandemic, in his first book, Catch Your Breath. You can get it in all the normal places you'd get a book. It's out now. Get it, read it. And he's taken a show of that very same title up to the Edinburgh Fringe, so get your beaks over uh, for a watch of that as well. Only after you've been seeing me do well obviously um, and then go and see Catch Your Breath straight after perfect plan he is on social media Instagram especially as at Palmer Patrick P-A-R-M-A Patrick if you're a patron you'll find out the reason behind that choice of handle or name in um, one of my future outtakes and if you're not I'm afraid it's a secret to you but unless you know Ed and you can ask him and he'll just tell you follow the podcast on social media at the Hoovering Pod follow me at Jessica Fosterkew come see me on tour please I'm taking my new show Wench to Edinburgh and then from September to December I'm going all over the place including a newly released date for Dorchester in Dorset which is so near where I grew up um, if you come to that one you might get to meet my mum <laughs> or, or even worse my dad oh god I hope not Maybe my nana, who knows? Um, if you want to become a patron, if you want links to anything interesting that uh, Ed or I mentioned in this podcast, please uh, reference your podcast notes that I've laboured over to go with this podcast. Or you can get tickets to any of my live work as ever, uh, or email me anything longer than a tweet on my website, jessicafosterq.com. Huge thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham, and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until in two weeks, happy hoovering. 